1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great free and prosperous. I've been away for two weeks, not uh, not on vacation, mind you, not having a good time, mind you, but like our members of Congress, I have been on a fact-finding mission, <laughs> albeit a uh, nautically-based fact-finding mission to Italy and Greece. And we have time here this week where I'll report on some of the many facts that I ascertained on my fact-finding mission. Uh, pleased to welcome to the show this week, uh, Ken Timmerman. He's, we've had him a number of times. He's a foreign policy expert, investigative reporter specializing, uh, in the Middle East. He did great work in exposing Iran's covert nuclear program, written many books, including, uh, Election Heist, which was a remarkably prescient novel published in August 2020 about how the Democrats were going to steal the 2020 election. Countdown to Crisis about the, uh, nuclear showdown coming with Iran. And, uh, his latest book is, and the rest is history. Tales of hostages, arms dealers, dirty tricks, and spies, which is Ken's own story uh, of his work in the Middle East and also his personal journey from being a leftist atheist to a conservative, patriotic, Christian and being held hostage at gunpoint in war torn Beirut helped that process along as I understand Ken. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> and thanks for
2: having me back, Greg. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
1: Well I know that I know the first thing that you want to talk about is this uh is, is the latest deal with Iran. For some reason, our government and particularly the Democrat party under Obama and now under Obama 3.0, oh, uh, the the uh, uh the Biden administration
2: has this fascinating attraction to Iran. Which Not just quote, to we, Iran. It is not just to Iran that they have the attraction. It is to the mullahs in Iran. It is to the Islamic regime in Tehran, this uh, un-Iranian foreign implant of Islam in old uh, old Persia, old Iran, uh, where you have uh, different peoples who are not Islamic to begin with, Kurds and Lurs and Bakhtiaris and Azaris and then you have this implant of uh, first Sunni Islam and then finally Shia Islam and ultimately Khomeiniism, which is completely different altogether. You know, one of the stories I tell in my book and the rest is history is meeting a grand ayatollah uh, in Paris. He was an exiled grand ayatollah. His two brothers, also grand ayatollahs, were under house arrest in Iran. And he used to say, this was in the 80s under Reagan, he said, you know, I don't understand this fascination in Washington of finding the moderate mullah. The most moderate of them all is Khomeini under this regime. Because Khomeini has completely suppressed the classical uh, Islamic clerics who in uh, Iran who tend to be actually far more, quote, liberal, open-minded, willing to discuss, uh, willing to commit ishtihad, which is interpretation of Islamic texts, than either Sunni Muslim clerics or uh, Khomeini himself. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a curious turnaround that we've had. And the Democrats are in love with this regime. I wrote a story, uh, an article for uh, the Jewish uh, Policy Center over the summer, summer. They're in focus quarterly where I wrote about this. And I think, you know, I've, I've been puzzled for years, Greg. Why is it the Democrats have this love affair with the mullahs in Tehran? Why is it? Uh, they always get you know screwed by them sooner or later, but they still have this love affair. And it's because they have something profound in common. So profound in common, it cancels everything out, everything else out. The mullahs hate America. They want to destroy America as it exists. They envision a war, a world without America. Well, so does the Democrat Party as it has been transformed by the Clintons and Obama and Obama 3.0, as you mentioned earlier. It has been transformed into a hate American party. Uh, Let us get rid of the family. Let us get rid of faith. Let us pervert our children in schools uh, and let us pervert the flag and our nationhood. Uh, Let us open our borders and no longer be a country. So I think that's really what it is. They have that in country in common. The Democrats of the new Democrats, I should say the Democrats, the left-wing Democrats that started to come in under Clinton, uh, then under Obama and Biden, and the Islamic regime in Tehran have that in common. They want to destroy America.
1: Well, uh, as Tucker Carlson said, they're trying to wreck the country. And if you look at what the Democrat Party and its collaborators, comrades and collaborators are doing uh, through that lens, and
2: only through that lens, everything makes sense yes and that's probably- right it does make sense and and that's that's really about the only way to understand it how can you have a uh, a democratic system where every four years people go to the polls uh, one one year your party wins the next year your party loses uh, and you don't go out and take to the streets uh with guns in hands or or or, or, or you know have riots and uh, attack stores and loot and the rest because you know that you'll have a chance another day well how can you have that system if 60 or 70% of the people no longer believe that the elections are fair and free and that the outcomes are true so this is another thing that the Democrats are trying to do. They are eroding faith in our election system, uh, making people cynical. Uh, and by the way, a lot of friends that I we talk about this a lot, especially since my book, The Election Heist. Uh, one of the problems Republicans has, have is that they always fight the battles of yesterday. I'm afraid that the Republican Party will fight those battles of 2020 and not figure out how the Democrats are going to try to cheat in 2024 because they will.
1: Well, absolutely. And why shouldn't they? Because it worked so well in 2020 without any adverse consequences. In fact, they even got most most elected Republicans were willing to join
2: them in certifying. This is the most secure election ever in American history. Right. Right. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Uh, yeah, I listened to uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, uh, the other day. He just survived a, a ridiculous, outrageous impeachment effort uh, led by Democrats, but with a, a significant uh, help from Republicans in the House in Texas, the Texas House. And, uh, you know, he said very simply, you know, once you allow massive mail-in it's an open door to fraud. And everybody knows this. It's not a mystery. This is not something new. (laughs) The 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 French got rid of this in 1973 because they saw the Corsicans were trying to stuff the ballot boxes with these mail-in ballots. You have to vote in person in France. Oh, by the way, you have to vote in person on Election Day in France. And, oh, Greg, this is a revolution. And at 8 p.m. when the polls close, at 8.02, you get the first results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people, the whole country is voting in person on election day, about, about 75% of the population. With photo ID,
1: yes. ballots are hand counted, and they know the results by the end of the day. Yep,
2: absolutely. What a revolutionary idea. Can you think of it?
1: Yeah, in fact, all across Europe, if, there's, if they allow any kind of mail ballots at all, it's very restricted, such as Deployed military, uh, what have you? But it's a very, very restricted because they actually care about the integrity of of their elections. And, you, and as you point out, um, unless there is, unless people believe in the uh, that the elections are honest, as you said, that I, I may lose this time, the other side got more votes, but it was an honest election, and that's how we decide things. And two years and four years hence, there's going to be another honest election, and one after that, and one after that. Right. And you're you are deviating from from Iran, but you're absolutely right. The, the, the system will not survive when
2: most people think that's not so. That's absolutely correct, and and I, I fear that that is exactly where we're heading. And you have uh, unfortunately a large number of Republicans going along with it. Uh, you know, I think in particular Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, who inexplicably was was reelected in 2022 after having completely botched the 2020 election, he signed a consent decree with Stacey Abrams, of all people, in March of 2020, uh, doing away with signature verification on absentee ballots, on, on mail-in ballots, and basically generalizing mail-in ballots for the November election and for the runoff elections for those two Senate seats. Well, guess what? As a result of that, uh, when they stopped the counting on election night, which, by the way, they're not supposed to do, but when they stopped the counting on election night to figure out how many ballots they needed mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to to win the election uh, well guess what then they just had those ballots no ba- they were already out of the ballot envelopes no signature verification and into the machines they went uh, this is absurd and it's and it's outrageous that a republican secretary of state would go along with this
1: well i think that uh, he's a Raffensperger's in on it. And whether he's really a Republican or whether I know in Republican states or Republican areas, the Democrats will run as Republicans. Absolutely. That's the only way he can get elected. And uh, I forget the man's name, but the speaker of the Texas House that impeached Paxton, mm-hmm. he allows Democrats to have, to be chairmen of various committees and essentially have co-leadership of the House of, in, in right. Texas. And they haven't done things like, School choice is, has been blocked in Texas. Why would the, why would school choice be blocked in Texas when they really have a Republican governor and large Republican majorities in both houses of the legislature? There was a secret court ruling in Texas that, that you have from the interview, is that Paxton is not allowed to prosecute voter fraud in Texas as the state attorney general. Right. Right. And right. The, the House has refused to pass legislation to give him that authority. Right.
2: Right. Absolutely extraordinary. So, so there are 65 Democrats. This is what he explained. Uh, you need 75, 76 for majority of the House. So 65 Democrats and they invariably co-opt 10 or 11 Republicans and wind up electing the Speaker of the House. So the Speaker of the House is elected with Democrat votes. Uh, and, and I, I, I there may be other states that do it that way, but it's pretty unusual as far as I can see. Yeah so what's always it is one party make, makes their choice
1: and then they unify on that on that choice you don't collaborate with the other party unless of course you that there you're really you're really part of that party perhaps
2: um right. and and by the way there, there, there just one last point on this is that you know there are a lot of republicans who are getting who were very very close to doing that uh, in January, when they were going through 15 votes for Speaker of the House, 16 votes for Speaker of the House, and and you could hear them, the kind of grumbling going on behind. Well, oh, hey, why don't we just kind of throw this in and and get a compromise candidate that the Democrats will back? And and thank goodness that Matt Gates and, and Lauren Boebert and 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 Mary, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and the rest of them finally made the deal with Kevin McCarthy, and they're holding him to the deal. I think we're going to see just how, how, uh, how strongly, how strictly they hold them to the deal in the next two days. Yeah, we'll see, yeah, we'll see whether, because Republicans have
1: always capitulated on these spending yes. bills because they, they think they're going to get blamed for a government shutdown. <laughs> um, which, is, which, of course, is only a partial government shutdown. The vast majority of government continues uh, unabated. Including, we can all take, we can all be rest assured and take confidence in the fact that if there's a government shutdown, money will continue
2: to go to Ukraine. I feel yeah, better I, about that. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right. That, that's for sure. And money will continue to go out for welfare payments and money will continue to go out for illegal immigrants. Money will continue to go out, uh, to house, uh, illegal immigrants a- across the country. Uh, all those wonderful things that the Democrats have now made the new normal. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: just one more thing on, on, on voter fraud. I was watching a video recently. It's back from 2020. It's between 3 and 4 and the AM. A smoked glass rental car from Pennsylvania shows up at the vote count center in Detroit. Some guy comes out, hands the driver something through the window. Then a van pulls up and they unload a bunch of boxes. Mm -hmm. Then a little while later, the same car comes back, same exchange through the window. Another van pulls up and unloads a bunch of boxes. Mm. Now, who could now who could possibly doubt the integrity
2: of that election? <laughs> That's right. And of course, each one of those individual ballots inside of those boxes had the signature verified. And, uh, you know, the, it, it, you know in every election, uh, I think it was in, uh, again, in Georgia, in every election, there's, there's, you know, 2%, 3% of, of ballots rejected because of signature verification. And this election, it was 0.02 or 0.03 rejected. Uh, so there's essentially no signature verification.
1: Right. And uh, I was, uh, Jenny Beth Martin, the, the, the chairman or president of Tea Party Patriots National was a volunteer paralegal when they were working the case in Georgia. And there are a whole series of categories. I'm not going to go through that, but one of the ca, of illegal votes. One of the categories was 15,000 people who had filed change of address forms before the election to move out of state. Right. And this is, a, this is a state where the, the margin of, the margin was about 11,000 votes.
2: That's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
3: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United America Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. And click on the United American Mortgage logo.
1: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, resident Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Uh, very pleased this week to be visiting with uh, international investigative reporter Ken Timmerman. He's an author. One of his books was a remarkably prescient albeit novel, about election fraud published just before the uh, 2020 election. We're talking about vote fraud, and we're going to extend that into talking about the 2024 election in just a minute. But there's a very important event coming up I'm going to take the opportunity to plug before we get further uh, into the show, and that is our second annual Families First Festival. Uh, The family is the foundation of human society and civilization, but our families, children, and parental rights are at risk as uh, never before, uh, including from institutions that parents used to be able to trust. So we've created this festival. It's going to be October 14 between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the Ark Church in Redlands at 1307 East Citrus Avenue. And we'll have a combination of both family fun activities and educational activities, but also speakers and important information for parents about how to protect your children and your parental rights. So this is going to be a really great event and you can learn more about it at our website, which is unite IE slash families first. That's unite IE slash families first. And we hope to see everybody there at this great free event. Um, turning back to our, I'm going on from a vote fraud to the 2024 election. Um, as you, as you may know, for Republicans to win, they're kind of like drawing a, whoever the candidate is, to an inside straight, a poker analogy, is a Republican candidate has to win every state Donald Trump won in 2020, plus Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin to get to barely enough 271 electoral votes. So There's any one of those states. And the Republican candidate cannot win um, Pennsylvania and Michigan might be conceivable possibilities, but I think they're even more remote. So whoever it is, whether it's Donald Trump or anyone else, has their cut out for it. But as you as we mentioned, Secretary of State Raffensberger, the facilitated Democrat Party vote fraud, is still in office in Georgia, as in Fulton County hasn't been fixed. That's where Atlanta is. Um in Wisconsin, they elected a radical left Supreme Court justice to give the Democrats a majority, and they'll probably eviscerate Election integrity laws in Wisconsin before 2024 and in Arizona, the vote fraud capital of Maricopa County. Nothing has changed there. They're still in business there. So any Republican um has a has a has a very narrow path to tread to victory.
2: Well, uh, yes, that's true, Greg. Uh, but something has changed. Something really fundamental has changed. And I think uh, the American people have woken up and they have seen an election stolen right before their eyes in real time on live television and uh, I, I don't know how many tens of millions of people actually watched that, but it was many, many, many. We were all there at ten o'clock at night on election night, eleven o'clock at night, and election night with Trump with these enormous, enormous margins: six hundred thousand vote uh, margin in Pennsylvania, two or three hundred thousand margin in in Georgia, in Michigan also well over a hundred thousand votes, Wisconsin as well, and and then all of a sudden, s- snap of the fingers and they stopped counting the votes. Everybody went home. We come back at two or three in the morning because I came back at two or three in the morning. And lo and behold, they snuck back in, some of them, not the election observers, not the Republicans, to restart, quote, counting, quote, counting, because they weren't counting. They were stuffing the ballot boxes. And mm-hmm. then the rest of us, you know, came back at eight, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning and say, oh, Joe Biden just won Arizona. Oh, Joe, Joe Biden just won. Looks like he's going to win. Georgia. Oh, Joe Biden just won Pennsylvania. You know, the day before the election, Craig, I listened to in a remarkable uh, uh, presentation by I think it was Jen Psaki. It was a a female spokesman for the Biden campaign. And she was kind of gloating. She put a series of slides on the screen and I was so uh, taken by them. I downloaded them. I still have them. Uh, uh, This is something for the history books. And she said, we have banked this word. I hate it. We have banked so many votes in early votes That in Pennsylvania, for example, Trump would need to get 62% on election day of the election day vote if he were going to win. Well, guess what? Trump won 66% on election day. Uh, in Georgia, we banked so many votes, Trump would have to win 64%. Well, guess what? He got 67% on election day. Michigan, he'd have to get 68%. He won 69% and on and on and on. Uh, those are real numbers, uh, by the way, as far as I can recall, but it was, it was that difference. You know, he would have to get this percentage, and he blew beyond all of that. And that, I believe, is why they stopped the county. They stopped yeah. the county because they realized that the turnout for Trump was just so overwhelming that uh, they had to backfill uh, the ballot boxes, uh plan B, so to speak. And and so that's the kind of thing. People woke up to that. They saw it. Uh, they 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 believe their lying eyes, you know, not like Gabe Sterling, the uh, Georgia director of elections, who's actually paid in part, if I'm not mistaken, by Dominion um, uh, to to basically to manage their machines. Um And he was the one who was telling us uh, with the video behind him showing exactly the contrary. Well, they did not take uh, Ruby and her daughter did not take ballot boxes from under the table, take ballots out of them and stuff them into the machine. No, 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 no. They were taking ballots from the tables and putting them into the boxes and then securing them and putting them under the table. The video showing them stuffing the ballots into the machines over and over was playing right behind him. You know, it was like Baghdad Bob. Right.
1: But they, but they say it and, uh, they got away with it. As we, as we mentioned before, yeah. they got away with it and suffered no consequences. Uh, I'm sure you watched Dinesh D'Souza's movie about, uh, 2000 yes. mules. Absolutely. And did they, they, they caught a few, they caught a few of the mules. But uh, the, the, the mules were people that were carrying around, stuffing ballot boxes in, the, in these machi- in these boxes around, often in the middle of the night, making multiple stops during the middle of the night. Is they never pursued them beyond that? They never they never pursued them back. Okay, well, where'd you get the ballot? You know, we'll give you a better a favorable deal here if you tell us where you got the ballots, and they execute search warrants at those places and gather all the electronic devices.
2: Because um, there are never attorneys general who are willing to do that. Uh, uh, now, again, going back to ten, uh, Paxton for a second in Texas, uh, Paxton filed 12 lawsuits in 2020 uh, against 12 liberal counties, 12 Democrat-controlled counties in Texas who wanted to generalize mail-in ballots without signature verification. And as he ex- explained on this interview with T- Car- Carlson, he won all 12 of them. And if he had not won those lawsuits, Texas quite probably would have gone Democrat in 2020. And the day Texas goes Democrat, the Republican Party is finished, rationally.
1: And they would take, uh, I think, whether well, there was a Senate seat up for it. Yeah, you're, it's, not just the, it's not just the presidency. It's also, right. uh, it's also two, uh, two Senate seats there as well. Right. Uh, we're almost right. out of time here. Um, last question from this subject. Can you estimate what is, the, what is the limit on how much vote fraud they do? How many ballots can they stuff?
2: Uh, Greg, as many as they need. And that's what they were determining when they shut down the county. How many do we need? Remember they had that enormous container truck packed with ballots? Who knows how many of those ballots they used? They used as many as they need. That's the problem. They do what they need to do to win.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm reminded back in 2008 uh, that uh, the Democrat primary, the mayor of Gary, Indiana, supported Hillary Clinton. They were, had the primary. It was after midnight. The reporters were clamoring for results. And the, the mayor literally came out, and in a moment of the truth slipped out, says, urging them to be patient, we're just trying to see what we need.
2: <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> there uh, you go.
1: Okay, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, IE Radio.
3: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
1: Ed Hoffman, and MLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender
2: and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we see every day, every hour, the need for people to step up. And fulfill the obligations of that most important political office if you want to keep your country, your freedom and your republic. Um, very pleased to uh, be visiting today with Ken Timmerman, who is an investigative reporter specializing in international affairs. And we are going to get to Iran. We've gotten off into vote fraud and domestic politics. And before we leave that, I want to press, I want to talk a little bit further about that. Um, Ken lives in Florida and where they have Governor DeSantis who seemed to do a pretty good job in um in Florida but has been for me it's been a surprisingly a surprisingly dud of a candidate uh on the, on, the, on the national stage and yeah. uh hasn't hasn't gotten he's having trouble staying in second place never mind gaining on Donald Trump what's your assessment Ken
2: Well, okay. I I live in Florida. I I love Ron DeSantis. Uh, I love him as our governor. Uh, I think that he did a great job during COVID. Uh, Every time that uh, I would go out to see my buddies in the geezer bar, we would drink a glass to Ron DeSantis because otherwise we wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be able to go out to a bar. Um, I had a daughter who came down from my former uh, nesting place of Maryland uh, to escape uh, from the the horrible lockdowns up there. So he did a, a great job. During COVID. Uh, we love what he's doing here in Florida, and we certainly hope that he's going to stay to the end of his four-year term in 2026 and set aside this pathetic delusion that has somehow gotten hold of him that he can challenge uh, Donald Trump in this primary. Nobody's going to challenge Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump could be in jail, and he would win the primaries. Uh, he could be in jail and win the general election, and then the the uh, uh, the chief justice of the Supreme Court would have to come to the jail cells swear him in, and then his first act would be to pardon himself. I mean, these are things that uh, you could never have written as a fiction, and I like to write fictions because I like to kind of help people to imagine how the world could be, you know, either dysfunctions or, in some cases, good things happening. But generally, it's dysfunctions, and my book, The Election Heist, was about the dysfunction of an election. So there are things going on in this country today that you could not have written as a novel. Two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, but now are incredibly plausible. That is a plausible scenario of Donald Trump being sworn in as president uh, in a jail cell and then getting out the next day uh, to overwhelming applause and riots in the streets, run uh, by Antifa and by the Democrat Party.
1: Um. You know, I, these days, who could say, who could say? Something. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That could never happen now, um, yeah, because what you could, what you, what was impossible and could never happen yesterday is now old news today.
2: That's right. That's right. Who, who could have, who could imagine that uh, sending your children to grade school? Could endanger them and their identity for the rest of their lives. That they could be indoctrinated into believing that somehow they could they could choose their sexual orientation. That that was something that was a, a matter of choice and not decided by God. Uh, these are things that just went beyond our imagination. It's one of the reasons I write fiction. Again, I think it's really important. We fail with a failure of imagination. That's how we can fail as a society. When you do not imagine the things that could go wrong and take steps to prevent them from happening in your country, that is when you you, um, uh, you fail. By the way, the Constitution is a great counter example, is a great counter example. The founders understood how badly things could go. Uh, they understood tyranny. They understood the tyranny of the majority. Uh, and they built these extraordinary checks and balances to prevent that from happening in this country. Why do the Democrats want to subvert the Constitution? Why do you have a New Mexico governor who thinks that she can simply uh, void the Second Amendment, that she has the power to do that? Well, because the Constitution uh, limits what people like that are able to do. The Constitution protects us from government. It does not uh, tell government what it can do to you, it protects us, we the people, the citizens, from government. And that's uh, why there's so much under attack by the left.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the longest surviving constitution and the longest surviving uh, republic in the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, coming back to our to our opening, if you want them to continue, uh, we all need to uh, step it up more than yeah. a notch or two to... uh to save our country, freedom, Republican constitution. Um, Amen. I, so I, I, infer and you can confirm or not that you think is, is, do you think Donald Trump is the, never mind where you support his policies or which one you would ideally like to have as president. Is he, is he the Republican most likely to win?
2: I, I think he is. I think he is the most likely to win the general election and and because he has a a very simple um uh, thing to convince people are you better off today than you were 4 years ago uh, is the world a safer place today than it was 4 years ago when I left office uh, is the border uh, our southern border is it more secure today than it was 4 years ago are your 401ks uh, larger today than they were 4 years ago and and then he goes on and 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 gives his speech about all the things that he accomplished in, in the four years in offices, in office. And the most extraordinary thing, Greg, to me, is the promises that he kept. Here is a man who had never been elected to political office before, who made promises during the campaign and kept them. He kept them. He kept the promise to move the U.S. embassy uh, to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. Um, and, and, and he kept the promise to work on the board. He said, we're going to build a wall. Well, he he built as much of the wall as he could possibly get uh, the Republicans in Congress to allow him to build. Uh, unfortunately, there was, there was obstruction from both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, but he, he jammed through as much as he possibly could. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think he is the uh, he is the. Uh, nominee, and I think uh, he will win. All of the, the Trump nation will be out there saying, you stole it from us once, you ain't going to do it a second time.
1: I hope that's the case. There's a very interesting poll that got very little publicity from Rasmussen, it was a couple of months old, and it was asked Republicans, is how likely it is that you will vote for President Donald Trump? And not very likely, nine percent. Not at all, fifteen percent. So you got twenty-four percent of Republicans mm-hmm. not inclined to uh, vote for Donald Trump, and that would normally be fatal to your cause. Except mm-hmm. that when they ask the same question of de- when Rasmussen asked the same question of Democrats, mm-hmm. how likely you are to vote for Donald Trump? Very likely, twenty-one percent. Yeah. Somewhat yeah. likely, six percent. Yeah. And I don't. I don't recall ever seeing that level of
2: party crossover going both ways with a presidential, with a candidate. Yeah, the blue-collar billionaire. So Donald Trump appeals to some core constituencies that used to be uh, controlled by the Democrat Party, and he's won them over uh, b- because of fair policies, because of humane policies, because he understands us, the people, way that them. he doesn't talk down to us. Uh, he doesn't, uh, you know, treat us like, uh, we're on some plantation, uh, that he owns and he can give his orders. Uh, and, and I think people have woken a number of people have woken up to that in the Democrat party. So this obviously will be a swing election. Uh, it'll be decided, I think, as, as previous last two elections by probably a hundred thousand votes across the country, across six states so it will be very very close and all of us have to get out there we have to work hard we have to vote and and i would suggest that people this year vote early if you can um uh, in so far as it's possible in so far as there's a you have procedures in your states uh, that allow those early ballots to be counted uh, <laughs> so you so somebody cannot come at the last minute and vote your vote steal mm-hmm. your vote
1: right and uh if you're a republican you just have Even if you don't like Donald Trump, you have to suck it up. And if for some reason Donald Trump is, is not the nominee and you like Donald Trump, you have to suck it up and vote for whoever the nominee is because the alternative is essentially the IP end of the country, including without limitation, four more years of an open border and unlimited immigration.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and look where that's getting us. Yes. Um, now,
1: as they said, and Monty Python, they used to say, and now for something completely different. (laughs) <laughs> uh, back, to, back to back to where we, we started off. Iran, We have a little bit of time before our break. So the news has come out. The most recent news is this prisoner swap deal: six billion dollars for five prisoners. Mm-hmm. The price of the price of an Iranian of an American held prisoner in Iran is is increasing
2: fat, almost as faster than Biden inflation. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 extraordinary, uh, and and not just uh, uh, six billion dollars, but also five Iranians, uh, some of them Iranian Americans, who were in U.S. jails, convicted of high tech espionage. Uh, in most cases, one, I believe, was convicted of, of uh, supporting terrorism, uh, and uh, two of these five. They didn't even want to go back to Iran, which was kind of hilarious. <laughs> and so they got pardoned by Joe Biden. One of them is staying in this country and one of them is going to Canada. Uh, but no, this is the kind of thing. Look, I was a hostage. Okay. I was a hostage in Lebanon. I write about that in my, in, in my latest book and the rest is history. You can, you can read about that at my website, kentimmerman.com. Uh, and when you are a hostage, uh, obviously there's nothing more important than freedom. Uh, and freedom is worth dying for. There are moments when you are ready to lose your life, if you must, to regain your freedom. Uh, so I have a great deal of sympathy for people who are being held hostage. Uh, and and uh, uh, But I, I don't think that government, as a policy, should pay ransom for those hostages. Uh, try to get them out, sure. Conduct a military operation, Absolutely. I was ready to die in a military operation to try and save me. I would have, I would have been thrilled to have had that, and I would have died happily. Uh, you know, easy for me to say. You can say all these years later, but seriously, uh, we were, we were ready to have uh, a tank burst through the walls of the uh, underground cell where I and, and other uh, uh, French, a couple of Frenchmen and Lebanese were being held. Uh, so this just invites paying ransom for hostages. Invites the Iranians to take more hostages. I really would encourage I know uh, in california you uh, there's a very large population of iranian Americans uh, and this is a community that has made a tremendous contribution to america uh, in terms of wealth in terms of talent in terms of patriotism. There are a lot of Iranian Americans who like to go home uh, to their home to their to their mother country uh, uh, to see family members parents grandparents whatever uh, I would strongly urge you. Not to do so as long as Joe Biden is president, because you can run the risk of being taken hostage for no reason whatsoever, ever, just because you have an American passport. One of the hostages uh, was Siamak Namazi. Now, Siamak Namazi was a pro-Tehran lobbyist in Washington. He liked the mullahs. He liked the Iranian regime, and yet they still took him hostage. They put him in jail uh, because he had run afoul of the ruling faction. Iran, the the Iranian regime today is pretty much a factional uh, government, and he ran afoul of the ruling faction. So you can never be sure, if you're Mm -hmm. an Iranian-American going back to Iran, uh, what could happen to you, and especially when you have an American government willing to pay ransom payments, it would be foolhardy. To do that, to go back.
1: You're, you're worth at least one point two billion dollars
2: <laughs> as a hostage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 just phenomenal, phenomenal, and and it's a, it's a disastrous, disastrous policy. Putin's looking at this as well. North Korea's looking at this. Uh, you know, Mike Pompeo recently reminded us that when he was Secretary of State, uh, he went to see uh, Kim Jong Un, um, and uh, there were three Americans at that point still in North Korean jails. Held hostage, and he said, uh, "Your Excellency, I think is what he called me." He said, "Your Excellency, uh, I'm about to get on my airplane. We would very much like to have three Americans going back with us. We're not going to give you anything. We're not going to promise you anything for it. Uh, but as a gesture of goodwill, we would like to have those Americans on the plane." And they were on the plane when he left.
1: on that was in po- not Pompeo it was more Donald Trump. Uh, yes, the um, combination of fire and potential friendship and benefits yes. Um, yes. persuaded Kim Jong-un to uh, modify his policies. Uh, well, let's take a pause here, but we are going to come back to Iran because there that's probably what, in terms of what's dangerous to America in my view, that's probably the most dangerous country presently in the world. After this word from Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage a place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
3: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up, but credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. And click on the United American Mortgage logo.
1: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number
0: 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen, my name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to be uh, visiting with uh, Ken Timmerman, uh, investigative reporter as well as an author and uh, very knowledgeable on, in particular, Iran and its nuclear program. He was nominated for the Nobel Prize, Nobel Peace Prize for his work in, undercover, in uncovering the Iranian nuclear program. And that goes on, and Netanyahu, a uh, prime minister of Israel, because, you know, we, we, we can't allow it, we can't allow it. Um, but they, you know, they, you know, Israel has, Israel has not yet acted, at least overtly, militarily they've had a covert program for many years of uh sabotage and assassination in iran of uh, assassinating their nuclear scientists but so far they haven't launched an, an overt attack to uh to to stop at least one that
2: has made the press um, well that's correct that's correct and and i think uh, one of the reasons greg is precisely because they've had such tremendous intelligence successes uh, you mentioned assassinating nuclear scientists there are well over a half a dozen of them including the head of the program <laughs> they managed to schwack uh, they got the head of the ballistic missile program as well uh, they they've managed to sabotage uh, a a large uh, ballistic missile manufacturing facility uh, not done with uh, fighter jets uh, but we don't know exactly how but it was sabotage a very large explosion uh, they carried it out what i think has got to be one of the greatest intelligence coups of all time by any country anywhere, uh, when in 2018, they first of all localized where the Iranian regime had hidden their nuclear archive, showing all the progress, all the documents on their nuclear weapons program, how they were going to make the bomb, show designs for the bomb, it showed designs for warheads. I mean, this was not, there was no ambiguity in what they found. This was the nuclear weapons archive. And it was in a warehouse in the south of Tehran, nondescript warehouse. The Israelis infiltrated. They had all kinds of agents there. They realized that they had a window between about two in the morning and six in the morning, broke into the warehouse quietly. There were five enormous bank vaults, bank vaults. Well, they brought in safe crackers. They cracked the bank vaults and took out uh, 500 file boxes of documents, including uh, tens of boxes just full of CD-ROM, cd rom CD-discs, which had even more documents stockpiled on them. And then they got them out of the country. They got them out of Iran to Israel after about three months of analyzing them Netanyahu went public with this, gave a first press conference. Later on, he went to the United Nations and exposed uh, some of this publicly at the U.N. But I've never heard of anything like this that the CIA has ever accomplished or even attempted an incredibly complicated, complex operation, lots of boots on the ground, lots of talented agents on the ground and all working together, not sabotaging each other, as sometimes happens in the U.S. intelligence community.
1: And, and oh, nice. the logistics, I mean, this is not um, taking out one flash drive of, yeah. uh, of material. This is a huge amount of material that needs to be somehow gotten off the property and gotten out of the country. That's a, that's quite amazing. Um, Ethan Hunt could not be reached for comment.
2: <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Not <laughs> one flash drive. That's a, that is right.
1: Hmm? Okay. But. Now, Iran Obama did this nuclear agreement with Iran that was, that was it was in writing, it was unverifiable. Iran, uh, uh whatever Iran called a military site was off-limits for inspection and it was left to the UN to do the inspections on the facilities they were allowed to inspect after they went through jumped through a bunch of hoops with the Iranians to even get to the point of an inspection. It was unverifiable. And as right. Netanyahu pointed out, they Iran could get nuclear weapons by cheating or they could get nuclear weapons by just performing the agreement at the end of its uh, end of its 10 year term. And now the Biden administration is either has or is working on
2: some kind of, quote, informal agreement, unquote, not even in writing. Right. And the reason that they're doing that, a very explicit reason, is because they recognize that they could not get a formal agreement Through Congress, Uh, because Congress passed a law after the uh, JCPOA, the Iran nuclear deal of 2015, that that would not allow a future president to conduct a, quote, executive agreement. It would have to be a treaty. It would have to be uh, in writing, submitted to Congress, submitted to the Senate for a two thirds majority vote. The administration understood very well. The Iranians understood very well that wasn't going to happen. When you even have Chuck Schumer, who was against the Iran nuclear deal, you know you're in trouble getting that through Congress. So they were talking quietly uh, about, as you say, an understanding. And the understanding, as it leaped out over the past couple of months, was just aberrational, unbelievable. We were going to essentially accept that Iran enriched uranium up to not 60%, but 90%, which is weapons grade, with just one simple caveat. Please, please don't make a bomb. That was the agreement. You can enrich up to 90%, but please, pretty please, don't make a bomb. And that was supposed to be the deal that everybody was going to herald as peace in our time. Unbelievable, Greg. hmm. Um, unfortunately,
1: it's, it, it is all, it is all too believable. Um, you know, we're coming way back to the, Democrat Party's fascination and affiliation with the Mullah regime of in Iran, um, and as you've and I think it makes sense. Is they both hate America? Yeah. yeah. And where does and it? Where now- does it uh, uh, let me say. This, and here's why it's so important. You, you might say, look, China has nuclear weapons, Russia has nuclear weapons, Pakistan, India, probably Israel, um, and okay, North Korea. North Korea and they're, they're, we haven't had a nuclear war. Every, everyone kind of is afraid, you know. It realizes what's going to happen, how bad that's going to be, and they don't use them. But Iran's government is a is a is a is a, is a is a different creature.
3: That's right.
1: And deterrence and it, because they are because they are so religiously motivated that yes. they're that they're there to to advance the cause of Islam and what. What happens to their people, what happens to their country is, you know, that's collateral damage. The real is not their country, not their people. It is to advance Islam. And if you can wipe out the great Satan, which they call America, and the little Satan, which they call Israel, okay, if tens of millions of their people
2: die, oh, well. Yes, and they have said that publicly, by the way. They have said that publicly. Rafsanjani, when he was president, a so-called moderate, said that in 2000. He said, a war, a nuclear war with Israel is conceivable. Millions in the world of Islam, meaning Iran, will die. But, and his eyes lit up. Israel will cease to exist. Uh, And and this is so they do not reason with the same logic as we have. I wrote a whole book about this countdown, the crisis, the coming nuclear showdown with Iran has been updated. You can actually download that as a Kindle book for, I think, three bucks on my website. And it will give you really the background, not just of the nuclear program in Iran, in Iran, but the way they think, the way they think about it, and the way they think about the West, we don't understand it. Uh, our leaders make a mistake believing that the Iranians uh, and others, but especially the Iranians, think just as we do. They have a kind of cost-benefit analysis, and if you raise the cost of their actions uh, uh, by enough, they will stop doing bad things. Not true. They just don't care. Right. Uh, so they have a different uh, a different calculus that they use for making their decisions. You know, and here's another thing. Just to throw out in the in the last, we don't have a lot of time, but the last minute or so, the Iranians have also been very, very skilled at infiltrating American politics, infiltrating American uh, administrations. We've now learned in the past couple of days that uh, somebody who has every appearance of being an Iranian agent, who was certainly a pro-Tehran advocate before she joined government, has become a deputy uh, secretary of defense, working for a deputy secretary of defense in charge of special operations. And... Uh, This is a woman who was corresponding with the Iranian foreign minister at the time of the Iran deal in 2014-2015. And there are others in the administration who are coming out. Their nuclear negotiator, Rob Malley, has has had his security uh, clearance suspended, uh, and he's under investigation, again, because uh, of suspicion of ties with the Iranian regime uh, individuals. So they are skilled at infiltrating us, subverting us from inside, and they're very, very happy of that they of have the capability to destroy us materially as well.
1: well we will have to leave it there. As there's so much happening in the world to, to talk about. And we'll certainly have, you, certainly have you back to continue the discussion. Thank you for your good work and for being on the show. And as always, tune
0: in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, IE Radio. AM 590, The Answer.